This podcast is brought to you by Central, helping schools work smart. I'm Colin Klupik, and you're listening to Central Station. Have you ever considered how much you check your email? I've given it some thought, but my guest today has made me give the idea a big rethink. Monica Wolf is a technology entrepreneur and the host of the Digital Love podcast. She's got a great tagline in her email signature that says quite simply, I check my email at 10am and 3pm each day. If it's urgent, give me a call. Now this resonated with me straight away, and so I've started to try it. And guess what? It's really difficult. I was surprised at just how much attention I was giving to it. I started to wonder if this was a source of my technology exhaustion, and why I hadn't acted on it sooner. Could some kind of tech addiction be the problem? In my conversation with Monica, she shares how she's been able to navigate this path and how she uses her experiences to help others. Monica, one of the things that I really love about your emails is the tagline. And I've heard of this kind of thing once before where someone checks their emails at certain times of day because they're quite particular about their productivity. Can you just run me through that tagline and and why you got there? Yes. So I check my emails at 10 a.m. and at 3 p.m. And I say, if you need to get me between those times and it's urgent, you have my mobile number. And the reason I do that is 100% for productivity. Um, I was, I'll admit, afraid to do it previously. I, I um, In one of the recordings that I did for my own podcast, we got talking about that. And I was like, oh, I should do that. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to do that. And then I was like, no, I'm going to do that because I do value my productivity. I value my non-email time. And so far, I haven't had any complaints. I feel like I'm getting to inbox zero way more on frequently than I ever have. And what I do is because I'm constantly thinking, even when I'm not on my email, oh, I need to, I need to tell this person this thing and this person that thing. What I do is I will um, I will either leave myself a note in Trello because so that I know at 10 or at 3, I'm going to go back to Trello and check, okay, who are all the people I thought I was going to email? Um, and if it's something really top of mind, I'll open a Google Doc and I'll just put some points in there, like even draft the email just so it's out of my mind. Right, okay. But what, what – uh, there's a book called. There's a couple of books from Cal Newport. Uh, the latest one is Digital Minimalism. The one before that was Deep Work. Yes, Deep Work. I'm familiar with that. Yeah, so he's really focused on that. And I was finding that you know I was kind of also using my email as a crutch. Like it would, oh, I have to check that. I have to check that, and it would really stop me from actually being action orientated. Yeah. I would instead spend so much more of my time planning what I was going to do rather than actually doing it. And knowing I only have this period of time in my day to answer emails or to send out emails just makes me incredibly more responsive. Uh, my biggest issue right now is um, actually the social media private messages. I've got to figure out a way to curb that habit because my family are on WhatsApp and they will not stop messaging me, <laughs> and uh, I love them, but it's it's a little bit too much. So I've got to 
I've got to do that. I've just got to simply take it off my desktop. Um, so that's my next uh, habit to to move towards is uh, no private message surroundings at work. So do you find that the, 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 the now you've a little bit down that path that it's it's starting to tug at you? Does it or does it get easier the the longer it's been since you've made that decision? It gets easier. Oh really? Like, yeah. <laughs> Maybe maybe I'm over the hump, but the thing is, I know myself. I am. I've also created. Um, I use an app called Habit Ball, so I have a daily habit where I literally can only press the button that I've done it. Like there's a habit that says yep. only checked at ten and at three. And so if I want to click that button for the day and hopefully get all my habits like clicked off, then it means I can only answer during those two periods of the day. So in the lead up to um, in the lead up to this, would yeah. you would would you describe this this as a process of uh, technological exhaustion? Was it a was it a boiling frog type thing that led you led you to this new reality? How would you describe it? I think it was just from all the research that I was doing around the topic. So I read extensively on it. Um, being from the tech startup ecosystem and having built apps, I know. I know what goes into them to make them so addictive. And email is another addiction. You've got email addiction, uh, video addiction. You've got game addiction. You've got um, social media addiction. There's all these different forms, and each of us lean more or less to one or the other. Um, and there's just such mounting evidence. And also just having a very strong sense of how do I feel today Mm. And really checking in with myself. And so I talk about this on my Instagram account as well, because Instagram's one of the things that I have decided I wanna I wanna keep using on a regular basis. But I talk about how do you feel in the moment of using that technology? Like how do you feel if you're opening your email at seven AM in the morning when your eyes are barely open? Mm. Like and do you wanna feel that way? Mm. Is that something that you wanna alter? If it makes you feel fantastic, happy, exhilarated, go for it. If it gives you strength, uh, stress and anxiety, then why do it to yourself? <laughs> That's a very good question because just as you were asking those questions, I, I just thought, well, actually, I I don't feel very good when I read my emails. Yeah, It's too so- much. Cause the, and the reason why I ask you the, the exhaustion question is because – I think that's actually how I feel. And I just want to know if somebody else feels like the way I do. I I feel incredibly <laughs> exhausted by all the things that companies want me to opt into. So I just moved to a Google phone after being on, on an iPhone for most of my life or at my adult life at least. And when I was setting up that phone, it was it was exhausting having to remove the pop-up notifications from every single app and saying no to allowing this phone access into things I don't want them to have access into. So, um, but it's like that minimal exhaustion to, to will lead to positive gains in my environment. So I'll do it, but they deliberately make it hard so that you don't want to change the behavior like you can go into netflix and you can actually stop that thing where the next the next episode starts playing after like in 10 seconds time yeah you can change that but they make it hard to find the setting and then they also know that it's it's too clicks too much so people yeah. will be like oh it doesn't matter 
But then in the moment, we will keep watching and we won't get the sleep that we need and we'll have just, (laughs) you know, crazy nightmares or whatever it might be. So coming back to this idea of uh, checking only or – look, I've I've got an issue with the whole idea of – checking email I, I prefer to think of it as reading email because i don't want to have to think in, that in my life i have to keep checking things but that's another story <laughs> but the thing is you know on an individual basis that might, might be okay but what about like in a corporate environment where you're using something like um slack instant messaging in the corporate environment or you might be using microsoft teams if, yeah. you, if you want to make that decision as an individual as and as an employee what what happens when suddenly people start saying, "Hey, you're not responding to my Teams messages, and you're not responding in in, mm. in a fast enough time," and 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 then suddenly you think, oh, I'm, "I'm now I'm just having to manage all of my communications as well as the actual doing of my yeah. job." What what would you say to someone who's feeling that pressure in the office? I would say they're not alone, and there's a as a massive element of corporate social responsibility that's being left at the door. And I love that what, you know, is trying to be done in France and also in Germany around the the companies really changing the parameters so that their employees, literally they'll turn off the service so their employees can't look at their phone, like can't check email throughout the night. Like they're doing that in France. But um, in the case of what you were talking about, I mean, it starts with having a conversation, if you can, with your manager and being like, you know, I want to be the most productive worker while I'm here. This and this and this isn't working for me. I have this suggestion. Do you mind if I try it for a couple of um, for a couple of weeks and see what happens? Mm. And I think most most often than not, it will be that the other people around you are curious. They probably would love to do that themselves, mm. but they have never felt empowered to do it. So while it might be some discomfort, you could actually lead to like change within your team. And I know that sounds idealistic, but you, I, I think the most realistic thing to do is you can't just make that change yourself. If you are, if you are part of a team, if you have a manager, if there is a culture, you do need to have that conversation with them, just like you would about say other things that are going on in your life, like you know that you you might you might be coming in late on Thursday mornings because you have to drop the kids off. You would have that conversation with your manager. Have it with your manager around how you will operate your best. And most of the time, people just don't want to be stressed out, right? Mm. So if it makes you better, hopefully it will work. But I think more than ever where the issue arises is when you've left the office and you're in your home environment, and you're saying to your kids, oh, no, you're not allowed to use your phone after 8 p.m. at night. But then they see you on your phone. Yeah, that's always like, a problem. But, yeah. So if you're trying to establish rules with your children around how they should engage with technology and manage it in their lives because they've all got the laptops and they want the iPads and whatnot, you have to exemplify it yourself. Yeah. And so that goes back to that corporate responsibility as well. If there is a culture that you will respond to emails at 10 p.m. at night or at 8 p.m. or at 7 p.m. when you're around the dinner table, well, that's not on because you're kids never do what you say they always do what you do yeah, yeah um and you know we i i talk to because i don't i mean and this is this is a disclaimer here i don't have kids um i spent a lot of time talking to parents and talking to teachers especially primary school teachers about 
or what's being done in the education space around technology management um, and usage, uh, how how is it impacting kids in the classroom? And it's like, oh gosh, this is worse than I thought, mm. um, yeah. which has been confronting. Coming up, Monica talks about how she made her start in the tech sector, but more importantly, some of the positive lessons learned from that experience. She shares some practical ideas for helping people to do what she calls connecting with intent. More on that in just a moment. Now, this message isn't meant to be a Luddite or old school argument. Technology brings a lot of good things too. For example, to find out how technology is revolutionising music education, have a listen to my discussion with Brad Fuller, Director of Music at Northern Beaches Christian School in Sydney. Yes, and I think we've seen uh, the technology has enabled a whole raft of new musics, uh, not just new, new ways of making music, but new music. And so uh, when I started there, well, I, I came up in the time where where uh, rapping became something that people could do. That was a new way of, of people expressing themselves. Uh, and then electronic music uh, has has well, now that we can use computers to, as sound sources, uh, that has changed everything. There are new instruments that connect to computers with buttons and dials and switches. So there's a whole host of new opportunities for people who weren't traditionally attracted by violins, flutes, and oboes and the dots, as you say. Uh, there's a, a whole new frontier for people to express themselves. Um, but at the same time, you could still be somebody who loves the oboe and the dots, but you might also go out and DJ on the weekend. <laughs> or perhaps try to find somewhere. To hear the full interview, make sure you subscribe to Central Station on your favourite podcast app or visit our archive at central.com.au slash podcast. You've been involved in startups for for quite a long time, and you you've mentioned that a couple of times already in this conversation. Yeah. For some people who think that startups might be a, a scary space, you you just talk about it as if it's kind of normal. How did you get started with that? So I I had a nine to five job. I was unhappy, and a friend told me, "Oh, come to this co working space. Uh, it's really cool." And I got there. And it was a Friday night drinks and it was all these people. They were around my age, some older, of course, and they all were so excited about what they were doing. And they were so, they wanted to talk about it. They wanted to get your feedback. There was just so much buzz and livelihood. And it was just such a juxtaposition to what my nine to five was. Um, And that's kind of how I came into understanding more about startups and moving into that space myself. Mm. Um, so that was my that's my genesis story, I guess. Yeah, was your was your uh, nine to five job a tech job as well? Uh, fun- no, at that time it wasn't. Funnily enough, I had already worked for a late or um, a early to mid sized startup, but I had no idea it was a startup. So I worked with Groupon when it first landed in Australia, and I had no idea what a tech startup was. And I all I all I could un- all I couldn't understand was why it was such a disheveled organization. Uh-huh. That proper practices and yada 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 and all I know now is that they were rapidly expanding growth 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 and no one knew what they were doing uh, but it was uh, so much fun um, 
So technically, I'd already worked for a startup, but I had no idea I was doing that. Well, let's talk about something that is really positive, and I want to come back to one of your taglines here, which is uh, which is on your website. And as soon as I read it, I immediately liked it, and it's where intention <laughs> meets technology. And I just reading it, I thought, why is this resonating with me? And I thought, I'd love you to explain that for me. What do you actually mean by that? I mean that there's so frequently that we get told about an app we automatically download it on our phone um, there's a lot of activity that's happening by default and not by personal design and so what I'm discussing here or what I'm advocating for is for people to be considered with how they use technology and what they want to use and how they want to have it in their lives and in that consideration is just being intentional like you know a lot of this comes down to self-awareness and having a healthy relationship with yourself uh, and recognizing that technology plays a really big part in our lives these days. So, you know, we can all be empowered to to use it in a way that is best suited for us as individuals. And so that's what it's about. It's like have intention when you when you pick up your phone, when you open your laptop, when you, I don't know, put on your VR headset, whatever you do. <laughs> um, like, you know, think about, well, well, what am I trying to achieve with this? Is it just to get some, like, you know, some relief? Is it a business reason? Um, it's about having that moment of time just to think, okay, well, you know, why am I doing this and assessing it? Like Cal Newport's book, he talks about how, how the Amish decide what tech they use and what they or what they bring into their society and what they don't mm. um and it's really interesting about they make an assessment of is this going to be useful and valuable to our community is it going to enhance our community or not and so they're intentional with what they bring into their lives and what they don't allow into their lives um, and from a tech perspective, that's super interesting. And I don't know about a lot of other Amish traditions, <laughs> uh, but um, at least they have some strategy around it. Yeah, right? sure. Now, you were talking about, before about uh, meeting up with some some primary school teachers. I'm I'm really curious about this issue uh, with how with how it relates to to uh, students in schools and 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 young people. It, I can imagine that if you were to say. Uh, to a, to a say a small focus group or a small class. Listen, I'd I'd really like you to think about connecting with intent. H- how would you go about explaining that a little bit more? I don't know. In in kind of young person speak, do you, or or have you have you been in that situation and had any pushback? So with the conversations I'm having with teachers and parents and even students at the moment, it's more for me as a curiosity. So I go into it just asking a lot of questions about engagement, behavior, how do you feel about that, rather than trying to put something on them. Um, so I don't know if if how the experience I have had is really relatable to the questions that you're asking. Right, okay. Well, in terms of um, the parents then, uh, coming a bit closer to, say, our age group, yeah. How, what would you suggest to parents in terms of how to perhaps uh, pass this message on? You talked a little bit about modeling their own behaviors. But if, you know, if a parent was to come up to you and say, listen, I, I know you've had some experience with this and you've made some decisions to, to back off from your tech or, or at least to, to manage it a little bit more carefully. 
how do we how do we open the discussion with parents? What how can we talk to people who have obviously got a a great concern on their minds? Yeah, um, there's a lot of shame around this with the parents that I've spoken to. It's like, oh, we know it's a problem, but we don't know what to do about it, and it and it kind of gets swept under the rug. And the first thing I say to them is like, there's no shame in this. These products. And these companies are worth millions upon millions. Some are worth billions of dollars, and there's a reason why. Especially with with say games or social media apps where there's no there's no money exchanged. Like if you're not buying something, that means you're not the customer. That means you're the product. Yeah. And so a lot of it is just taking away the stigma around. Oh, I'm a bad parent because my kid can't stop watching Peppa Pig on my iPhone. Um, (laughs) Like, I don't know if that's the right example, but it's the first conversations that I'm having is just a lot of parents don't understand how these products are built and that they're built to be addictive and that not only are their kids probably a little bit addicted, but they are as well. And so it's a big thing around like awakening that in them and, and really highlighting just how how closely um, modeled a lot of especially apps and games are to gambling yeah <laughs> like very close. same principles are applied but, um, you know variable rewards shiny buttons it's uh, there's so much linkages so that's kind of where the conversation starts and then from there I just it, it really depends on the parent how much knowledge they already have how old their kids are like their own say financial situation like their work their work environment um, and then also yeah about well you know what does what status quo at the home right now mm. well it sounds like there's uh a world out there to discover in terms of how we learn about this kind of thing. And it sounds like you're uh, doing some great work. Monica, thanks so so much for taking the time to uh, share a few of those insights with us this afternoon. Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Central Station. If you found this podcast helpful, then please share it with your friends and colleagues. If you're feeling the effects of technology exhaustion, then head on over to the Digital Love Podcast for some useful insight. In particular, check out Monica's interview with tech entrepreneur Jamie Pride. I just love the idea of a digital sunset and a digital sunrise. It's really worth a listen. And for all our other episodes, make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast app or visit central.com.au slash podcast. I'm Colin Klupik. Until next time, bye for now.